You just work all day long. And it's, it's nasty work. Pulling out insulation. and just It's just water just destroys so much. And, and I remember going in, in, through the end of the day and just being hardly so exhausted I could hardly stand to drive back to Lafayette. And yet there was a sense of accomplishment. We had laid it. We had given it all. We were exhausted. And we looked forward to the day when it would all be completed. I just tried to even find something close in my own life that would, would get a sense of that exhaustion that Jesus. And I can't even come close. I can't even come close. He's hanging on a cross. There's, there's nails through his hands and his feet. There's a crown of thorns placed on his head. They have offered him the strong drink earlier in the, in the day and he refused it. It, was, it would have been like a narcotic and, and he says no to it. But here as he's already said the other sayings and, and now he, he says I thirst. I, I think he was so spent. He was so exhausted. He could hardly even talk. And he needed something to help him as he was the son of man. He had needed something to just give this last word to us. As they gave him the drink, he mustered enough strength to say and even to shout, It is finished. What's finished, Pastor? Everything God had planned for him, God the Father had planned for him, Jesus now has brought it to a moment of completion. And he says a word of triumph. It is finished. Can I ask you this morning, what would happen if all of us, what would happen if all of us would live in the victory that he accomplished for us? And the enemy brings all kind of lies to, to defeat us and destroy us. But what if we all lived in the victory that Jesus has accomplished? What would it look like if you and I could accomplish our purposes on life as he did? He finished his. <laughs> he finished his assignment. He completed the work that the Father gave him to do. Perhaps you remember September 11th when the terrorists hijacked planes and used them as missiles against the American people and the American way of life. In response, the American government engaged radical groups in Afghanistan and Iraq and military strategists spent months and weeks determining how are we going to combat this threat to our nation. Resources was gathered. The, the, the response began. Perhaps you remember on aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln, May 1st, 2003, standing directly under this banner called Mission Accomplished. President Bush declared, in the battle of Iraq, the United States and our allies have prevailed. President Bush claimed victory. And yet almost immediately there was a, a little bit of a gasp because we realized that it wasn't over. We were just getting started. This was going to be a, a long engagement. In the corridors of glory, even before time began, 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit put together a strategy. Put together a plan to buy you and I back. Put together a plan of salvation that included the cross. If you and I could interview Mary, the mother of Jesus today, and perhaps she would talk a little bit about her way of life. And she might say something like this. She might say, our sacrifice always had to be perfect. God required it. I have memories as a little girl when my family would pick out the best lamb from the flock. The priest would take his knife. It always broke my heart, but, but my parents insisted that all of us were there. They wanted to make sure we understood how terrible sin is and just how much it costs to cover sin. One day after I was engaged to Joseph, I was visited by an angel of God. He told me not to be afraid that I was to give birth to a child and that I should call him Jesus. I said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And and the angel told me that the power of the Most High would overshadow me and my son would be called the Son of God. One day I learned that my son would be called something else. My son would be called a lamb. The first time the gospel was preached, my friends, was in Genesis 3.15. Right after man had sinned, separating himself and all the descendants from the Creator God, God revealed He already had a plan to provide a way of salvation. This is what He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise His heel. Just verses, moments after the sin, God revealed what they'd already determined, what they'd already decided the plan would be. We have that first messianic promise. God further illustrated his redemption plan when he made clothing for Adam and Eve from animal skins. Unto Adam and his wife did the Lord make coats of skin and clothe them. This was the first blood sacrifice as a covering for their sins. A picture of what would come in Jesus Christ as John saw him coming to be baptized. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. God killed these animals to cover Adam and Eve. He knew what would happen to the Son of God one day. He knew before He created the universe, before there was time, He already had a plan in place that Jesus would become a sacrifice for our sins. Acts 2, as He's preaching that day, He says, Being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by the wicked hands, you have crucified and slain him. Revelation chapter 3, it's a chapter about the Antichrist and having his having power over the earth at that particular time. And it talks about people on earth worshiping the Antichrist, except those whose names are not written. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Revelation shows us that even before time began, God had a plan. God had a plan. And that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundations of the earth. 
Think about this for a moment. Before man was created, before time existed, God knew Adam would sin. He knew we would rebel against our Creator. And in His wisdom and love, He put together a plan for you and I to receive the free gift of salvation. That we could have eternal life with Him. God stepped into history to provide the ultimate sacrifice. Hebrews 10.10 says it this way, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Think about when God is creating this earth. Day four, He's creating the heavenly bodies for signs and for seasons, for days. He knew that one of those signs would be for the time a son of God would become a man born of a virgin in a town called Bethlehem. And there would be a star. There would be a sign that would show them the way. When God made the trees on the third day of creation, he knew a tree that would one day be used for the most evil event in history. Evil men would crucify the son of God on that tree. Yet God was okay with it. It was His plan. When God made the animals, just a few days, it would be necessary to kill one of the animals for there to be a blood covering. God cursed the ground and caused thorns and thistles to grow because of sin. All those weeds in your yard, all those... One day thorns would be used to pierce the brow of his son as he hung on that tree, paying for the penalty of our sins. Can you get just a glimpse this morning of what God was doing way back at creation? As he made and everything he made was good. Yet he, all these things, would instruments would be used to accomplish the purpose of our salvation. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Here on the cross, the Son of God, the Son of Man, a mere 33 years old, hanging on the cross, exhausted, barely able to breathe. You go back in John chapter 17 to the beginning, this high priestly prayer. Jesus is praying for himself. You know what he's praying? Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. You've given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. This is eternal life that they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. Watch this. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. In that moment. In that moment. In the days leading up to the cross. And on that cross. What had been planned even before time began. The plan of salvation. Jesus Christ is now at the moment of completion. I have finished the work you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together 
the glory which I had with you before the world was, with every ounce of strength, he cries out. Really, it's a last shout. It is finished. Matthew and Mark record that he cried out. It was God's eternal purpose to redeem mankind. And the cross was the method he chose to do it. Perhaps you've seen this illustration before. When sin came, there was a huge gulf. Man unholy on one side. A holy God on the other side. We could not span the gulf. But the cross makes it possible for you and I to be restored in relationship with God. Christ was the Lamb of God that took away the collective sin of the world. The cross marked the decisive victory of Jesus over sin and over Satan. When I was growing up, there was a song that was sung. Every time this year, my mother, glad to have mom and dad here. My mother-in-law would have played it for a special and song. Bill, I bet you sang it. Bill and Gloria Gaither's song, It Is Finished. They would have the words. There's a line that's been drawn through the ages. On that line stands an old rugged cross. On that cross, a battle is raging. To gain a man's soul or its loss. On one side, march the forces of evil, all the demons, all the devils of hell. On the other, the angels of glory, and they meet on Golgotha's hill. The earth shakes with the force of the conflict. The sun refuses to shine, for there hangs God's son in the balance. And then through the darkness, he cries, it is finished. The battle is over. It's finished. There'll be no more war. It's finished. The end of the conflict. It's finished. And Jesus is Lord. The songwriters, I believe, inspired by God. I love this next verse because it says, Yet in my heart the, the battle was still raging. Not all prisoners of war had come home. These were battlefields of my own making. I didn't know that the war had been won. But then I heard the king of all ages had fought all the battles for me. And that victory was mine for the claiming. And now, praise his name, I am free. Back in 2005, two Japanese men, both in their 80s then, they had been in hiding since the close of World War II. They had been in a remote island in the jungle. They didn't know that the war was over. 1974, a Japanese intelligence officer, same thing. He had been in hiding. He came trembling out. He didn't know that the war was over. And I think that we say, how can that be? Friends, I believe so many of us today, we want to, we've given our hearts to Jesus Christ. We believe, and yet we're still fighting some of the same old battles. Can I tell you this morning a word of triumph? It is finished. Claim the victory. He wanted for you and I. We don't have to live a defeated life. We can live in victory over sin, over the devil. He's a loser. Jesus won the victory. I didn't say it was going to be easy. 
In fact, Jesus in that same upper room setting, he said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. My peace I'm going to give to you, my disciples. Romans chapter 8, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God and these things, these troubles working in your life, he is allowing that good is for you and I to be conformed to his image. He's got plans and purposes for us as well. What do we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Aren't you glad this morning? As it is written, uh, let me back up a little bit. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. Look at your neighbor and say, you're more than a conqueror. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that you are more than a conqueror? Not in what you have done, but in what he has done for us. It's finished. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is finished. A word of triumph. Jesus has prayed for himself. Father, I have completed the work you have given me to do. And then Jesus in that prayer shifts his focus. He begins praying for his disciples. He says things like sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to, as they are in the world, that you keep them from the evil one. Sanctify them, set them apart for a holy use. Jesus has accomplished his purpose. Let me take just a moment to, to remind us what our purposes are. To be conformed to the image of his son. To, to be on mission for him because he not only prays sanctify them. He, he says, I want you to make them one. I want you to make them one as, as you, Father, Spirit, and I are one. That's, that's unified. And then he prays. Look at it in John 17. He prays for those who will believe. He wants us to be so filled with his presence that we can partner with him in fellowship with him. If you never make the bridge across the cross, you're, you're lost on the other side. You have to you have to believe and walk and receive everything that he has accomplished for you. And then it doesn't just end there with a prayer of, of confession. It's a lifestyle, a lifetime, an eternal life of fellowship with Almighty God. Pray not only for these, but for those who will believe. He was praying for me and for you. And he was praying for the lost people in your family, the lost people in your neighborhood, the lost people that you work. He is still on mission. And guess what? His plan is to use you and to use me to accomplish his purpose.
was reading in my own devotions this week, Nehemiah, uh, 52 days, he has this specific assignment, the project, and he builds the wall. And then I read just even this morning that, that after the wall was built and Nehemiah was governed, they, then they began to live by the laws of God. That it was just, he accomplished that purpose, but then God showed him what was next for him. Noah spent 120 years getting ready, and, and he completed the assignment that God had for him. Acts tells David after he had served the purposes of God in his generation. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion. To finish the work. Some of us say, he's still working on me. I get it. He's still working on me too. But he's accomplished everything necessary for your salvation and for my salvation. It's finished on the cross. You and I have to walk in relationship with him and walk in the victory that he has won for us. And the cross is the strength for sanctification for our individual life and the dynamic for the campaign of evangelizing the world and bringing the kingdom of God. It's finished. He came once as the Lamb of God. Can I tell you, he's coming again, and this time he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, conquering and uh, and annihilating everything that is ungodly and unholy. Are you ready? This morning, before we share communion, I have two calls to you today. One call would be for the call of salvation. It says in Romans... you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Maybe today you need that word of salvation. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I, I confess my sins to you. That's the first call. But I also believe this morning that there's a second call. There's a second call to live in victory. And you say, Pastor, I just, I've been going in this circle. I've been fighting the same battle over and over and over again. But the Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart today, and I want to walk in victory. I want you to stand with me this morning. And, and before, we, before we gather for the Lord's Supper, if God's speaking to your heart, it's our custom just to walk out, step out, and to pray. This is, this is family prayer. If God is speaking to your heart in either one of those two areas, I just want you to step forward. I'd love to pray a prayer of faith over you that you would walk in the victory that God has for you. Has there been battlefields in your own mind, battlefields of your own making, and you, you've forgotten that the war has already been won? already been won as Carmen sings this morning and say just come quickly and let me pray for you this morning just bring it and let's receive the word of triumph this morning just as I am without one plea, the victorious life salvation. I'm bringing it to you, God. I don't want to fight this battle anymore. 
I want the word. I want the word of triumph. Don't delay. Say yes to him. Yes to his will. Yes to his way. Yes to what he wants to accomplish. Anybody else this 